we're back with our uh, episode eight, chapter eight of our playthrough through uh, Mother Three. Um, what is the name of this chapter called? I don't know if this one gets a name. I kind of just New Pork City. Yeah, I mean that is where we're headed, and we're going for the last needle. Um, but I don't think there's ever a point where it like shows chapter <coughs> title. Oh wait, oh wait, it does. It says all things. Is that what it's called? All things. This is definitely something that we should have looked up. Hold on, before <laughs> chapter eight, uh, mother three name. Yeah, all things. All things, and it has like ellipses after it, right? It's it's. I assume it's like the first half of the saying, "All things." must end or you know something along those lines um but I, i'm not it's it's very obscure like what the point of the title is so yes oh and <clears throat> as we'll find out there's a lot of vagueness in the ending of this game um but 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 we'll touch on that in a little bit i guess so um you know last time we used the waters of time so that we could get to the through the thicket that was encasing the temple, we pulled the needle. Uh, Kumatara learned Starstorm. Yeah. Did we? Did, did uh, Lucas learn anything? I forget. Did he? Did he learn love like Omega or something like that? I think we must have learned it by now. Although I've got to say, I never used that one. Yeah, me neither. Um, <clears throat> and so as we exit the temple, there's a very long stretch limousine waiting for us and a chauffeur <laughs> calling us master Lucas. Um, and <clears throat> says that we need to go to new pork city. Uh, we don't have the option to say no. If you say no, it's it basically forces you to get in the car. So, um, right. you're basically kidnapped. Um, there's some comedy that ensues with the chauffeur having to walk along this comedically long stretch limousine. And if you're wondering yeah. how this stretch limousine got to the top of a mountain, um, it's because it flies. It's so cool. Yeah. Reminded me of Back to the Future. Oh, man. Yeah, and inside of it is bigger than outside. Like, as big as it looks from outside, it's, it's much larger on the inside of it, um, which I think is, <clears throat> you know, it's a thing. Uh, like, the TARDIS in Doctor Who would be a good example of that. Um, but it's really like a thing in all RPGs. It's kind of like baked in to the way that the world is represented. Like places you can go in are never like actually the size that they are. Yeah. They're sort of like um, placeholders. And then you go in and then it's a whole other map, right? Um, and so this kind of just like really brings that to the forefront. Um, and it's the first of number of like toy-like or game-like scenarios that we're going to encounter where it's like, if you check on the, you know, the blackjack table or whatever, um, it's like, it looks like you could play it, but you can't. Uh, right. And, and that happens over and over throughout this, this segment of the game, which I thought was fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you can't actually play any of the games. It's all just fake. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't actually think you have to do anything in the limo. I think you could just like immediately, as soon as you get in there, just talk to them and, and you get to New Pork City very quickly. Um, mm -hmm. But as you said, if you explore the 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 very, very large uh, limousine, there's like a stage on there. 
Uh, yeah. Where like performances can happen. I think there's a hot tub. There's like a pool. T- there's like everything. Um, <laughs> but you can't actually do anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah. So after you know you get your fill of of just kind of exploring that, um, you you land in New Pork City where you can start kind of just like investigating what's going on. Uh, what did you do when you got to New Pork City? As I recall, I wanted to. Again, play all the games in the arcade, uh, which you can't. Uh, the, the arcade is the first place you encounter. Um, you can talk to a few people out in the street, I guess, and they're sort of like, whoa, you're here too? It must mean that everybody's here. And I uh, wonder what that's about. And then so there's this sort of dingy uh, arcade where some people are playing games. And one of the guys there invites you essentially to like ram into him. By saying, like, please don't ram into me, like, I'm busy playing this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sort of hints, I guess, that you can do that more. Um, and it, that, that hasn't really been used a whole lot throughout the game other than to let you run fast, but you can bump into things. Um, and then I think I just kept going over to the, uh, the theater, mm-hmm. which has got to be one of the more noteworthy things here. Um, back in Factory, the Chimera Factory, that is, uh, there was all those references to Earthbound in like a back storage room, um, but the theater here is literally playing scenes from Earthbound <laughs> yeah. on the projector, and yeah. they're sort of disconnected. It's like a slideshow, and they're not exactly the photos that the photo man took, um, but they're sort of represented, kind of zoomed in on uh, the main character or whoever's in the party, um, and they're. They're generally like, you know, recognizable scenes from that game. Like you're in the desert with Dungeon Man, or you're uh, at Lake Tess with Tessie and the Bubble Monkey. Um, I don't, I don't really remember all the different ones. There's, I think the there's one the with meteorites the, there. Yeah, there's also one with them in the Mester Saturn. Like you're in the sure. uh, pink uh, hot bath with them. Mm-hmm. And so nobody really comments on that so much. Um, They'd say that you can't run in the theater. Um, so that's, again, like sort of drawing attention to this function that's new in Mother 3 and that we've used but not really utilized that much uh, for puzzle purposes. Um, anyway, it's stinky in the theater. Yeah, this movie stinks. <laughs> uh, it's this game stinks. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so they're <laughs> making references not just to Earthbound but to the but to the campaign surrounding it that was such a massive sort of disappointment, um, sort of too clever for its own good. And, um, yeah, and that has become sort of a meme now, right? Like, um, this game stinks. Uh, and this, I think it hints at what you're supposed to do first, which is, like, find the source of the stink. Because um, it's not immediately clear, like, what you're even really doing in New Pork City. So if you didn't go here first, I don't know... I don't know if there's something that like directs you to, to explore this area, or I don't know. What did you do as you got into the? To the yeah. City? <clears throat> uh, so I, I think I did basically the same thing that you did, which is okay. uh, I went to the arcade, ran into the dude, uh, and then I went to the movie theater. Um, and when you get to the movie theater, there is one of the punk guys who, if you talk to him, basically says your leader is looking to talk to you. Um, he's in the sewer. Oh yeah. So. That does give you kind of a hint of where you need to go. And then um, the other NPCs start talking about how, oh, the movie theater stinks because there's, you know, connected to the sewer. 
Um, <laughs> and then there's like the clearly broken speaker that you inspect. Um, and it says, can you go through it? And it's just like, you, you can't go through it. And I'm like, okay, well, why did you even ask me this? Um, <laughs> so I, I think after that, um, I did not look for the source of the stink in the movie theater. So I did some more exploring just to see what was going on in New Pork City. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I ran across our friends. Uh, I forget what the other three were, but Thomas Jefferson was there. Oh, that's right. Uh, Sancho and Pincho and Pancho and Thomas, Thomas Jefferson. Yes, Thomas yep. with, with no H. Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. yeah. So you can so so that's one of the games that you can actually play. Um, that's right. And then I, expl I I explored. You know, there's like the Beauty and Tasty store, which has just basically robot versions of uh, Porky's mom running it. Right. Right. Um, and then I, I just explored a little bit more. Um, and then when I couldn't figure out how to get to the sewer, that's when I went back to the movie theater and started checking. Uh, the seats, which basically you play like a hot, you know, hotter and colder game um, until eventually you, you stumble across the source of the stink, which is a stink bug. <laughs> right. Um, and so then at that point, Boney leaves the party and goes chasing after it. Um, and you can sort of hear him barking uh, kind of more and more distant. Um, and so... The entrance to the sewers uh, is not there in the theater, but is back in the arcade. Correct. Um, I, I think, is it just a matter of talking to people in there that, that reveals the secret hatch? Um, is that all you have to do? I think? Yeah, there's just the, the one punk guys in there. Um, he's at one of the machines, and you can tell that the tile underneath of him looks a little off. Um, okay. So I spoke to him and he like started talking about how there's like a dog. I think he he's talks about how he can hear like a dog barking under there. Um, yeah. And so he, he lets you go. So he, he opens up the way and then that's when you go down into the, into the sewers. Yeah. And this again is like a direct reference to, well, there's a few portions of earthbound that have you traversing sewers. Um, but uh, the mechanics here, are pretty straightforward like you can cross on little bridges of trash um you can go through you know parts of the tunnels and there's some doors um it's actually a much smaller dungeon than it seems like it's going to be at first yes um it's really pretty linear um which is fine uh also because you're trying to catch up to bony at this point right like you don't want to have a long adventure where maybe someone carrying some important items is not in your party uh yeah so yeah i think uh once you get bony back though it's it's a good idea to do a bit of leveling <laughs> down in the sewers here um and it's it's sort of easy uh it sort of encourages that because there's a hot spring um there's uh there's a stink bug no wait um what are they called little beetle Bold guys stag beetle. Bold cricket that's it yeah selling selling some good items um i think i did buy some items up in New Park City before coming down into the sewers. I think there's like a vending machine that sells you some good new equipment and, and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, you probably want to do that before you do too much exploring of the sewers. Um, uh, that's that's called foreshadowing. 
then there's leader. There's leader down here. Yes. Uh, in a weird, like, almost like apartment style area where none of the doors open. They all have like crap piled up around them and, and pushed under the doors and stuff. And leaders in this big, you know, double decker room yeah. surrounded by books, books with tiny handwriting. Um, it's a real interesting little stage setting for, for a pretty long bit of um, just like lore dump that happens here. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. And, and did you notice that it plays a song? Um, it's like a real song. Like it's it's from the real world. Uh, I forget what this one is called. It's it's by um, the composer uh, Sati, and I think it's called like the Nocian Gymnopede. Yeah, that that's probably it. The Gymnopede. Um, no, I didn't. It's, it's I... a famous classical song. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Um, that's that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Did you notice that he had the ball and chain around his like legs? because you can go down to like hit just his leg area there's a frog there but aside from that there's like you just go there that's like his legs Uh, they just Mm -hmm. have like his ball and chain wrapped around it so i guess he got kidnapped early on because i know that we had asked um earlier like where did he go yeah so i guess it was between those three years um but I, i i guess now's the time to I guess he was kidnapped and stored away because he knew the secret of the islands and, and Tasmili village. Um, And so, yeah, you go, you talk to, to leader who is the leader that the punk was talking about, who is our leader, I guess, in some kind of weird way. Um, (laughs) And he's finally ready to talk. And, uh, tell you basically everything that's happened um, up to this point so far. Um, and it's, it's a lot. So, yeah. And he really explicitly like breaks down the story with little subheadings. Um, and then there's, there's the uh, stink bug there. Who's like going to be the recording device for this story in case you want to hear it again. Right. The stink bug is, is memorizing and recording it for you. Um, very yeah, generous. Yeah. So, so that's nice. Um, I, I guess the upshot of this long story is that the people of the islands uh, have arrived basically within this generation. Um, they are fleeing a catastrophe, you know, essentially the destruction of the, the larger world that was brought about by human of course. Uh, you know, just uh, doing human things. And these remnant uh, arrive on the white ship. They start a new society that is deliberately going to um, be ignorant of everything that came before. And so that's why it's sort of this utopia when we started out. Um, it has no history. It has no lore um, because they've wiped their memories. Um, and it appears that that's what the uh, Hummingbird egg or the egg of light is actually for it it's the device that uh, sort of takes all the memories away and and locks them away and stores them um weirdly enough um that doesn't seem to matter at all like that's not how this is revealed because like you said leader is the one who is also keeping the memories he's the one person who has not had his memory wiped 
um, and in fact uh, is like a sort of what like a backup or fail safe or a safety valve. Yeah, there, there's a fail safe. And and it's because he's so tall. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm I'm tall. People would want to seek me out. Uh, that's basically the entire reason of why he's a leader. Um, which, you know, fair enough. I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the game. I was like, hey, who's this tall guy? We need to... <laughs> so uh, the toy, like, clearly read us like a fiddle and knew exactly, like, hey, yeah, like, people are going <laughs> to... Wait, why is this weird guy that doesn't talk? Like, you're definitely going to seek him out later. Um, but yeah, no. So I, I think the the hummingbird egg or whatever, the egg of light, is basically like a true MacGuffin, right? Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't actually do anything for the story. It's just kind of like there, and we find out the information by other means. So that, that was a pretty cool misdirection, um, I think. Because I was wondering, I'm like, well, where's this egg? Like, I thought, well, what's going to happen to it? It's like, actually, we don't need it anymore. Leader's just going to tell us everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. So each of the characters in our party sort of gets their backstory filled in a bit, a tiny bit here. Um, The princess is actually a princess. Like she was uh, the descendant of the the natives of the islands who apparently similarly had their society sort of fall apart and they had to leave. Um, But she's like the remainder. Um, The castle is the relic of their past civilization. Um, The Magypsies, Indeed, we're, you know, keeping the dragon asleep and waiting for this time when everything would come to a head. Um, so they, they sort of know what's going on. Um, uh, Duster and his dad are the thieves who were entrusted with, like, getting the egg if stuff started going wrong. Um, and, and in short, like, everyone there is assigned a role within a story. And so yes. it's, it's very... Um, like wrecked about this kind of meta move happening like the whole reveal is that you've been playing a role this whole time um and everyone's been playing a role this whole time and they're all within a story of their devising um except you know porky has like come in from outside right Uh, porky is this like sort of fly in the ointment here uh and we know about Porky a little from Earthbound. He's like cut loose from time and space in the Phase Distorter, uh, or his version of it, the uh, the Devil's Machine. Um, weirdly enough, there's like no mention of Gigas, I don't think, or any of that piece of the Earthbound mother story. No. Um, it's really Porky. Like he's the be all end all. So he, in some way, has like fused with Gigas essentially. Um, he can't die. You know, he's like immortal. It's implied pretty strongly um and anyway he just sort of exists to mess things up and he has taken this game and the story and uh turned it to his you know purposes he is now like pulling the strings um and new park city is like the manifestation of that uh yeah the clearest anyway yeah um one other thing i just wanted to mention is i i found it kind of you know the the amnesiac is a trope. It's it's a bit tired. Um, oh yeah. It, just in general, uh, I I like the whole the fact that the entire village in this was kind of amnesiacs, right? And we didn't know that they didn't have their memory, right? Like a lot of the games, mm-hmm. 
I'm thinking back to like, you know, 999 and like VLR. It's like the game starts like, who am I? Where? Or like, how did I get here? Like, I don't know anything. Um, And that's kind of annoying sometimes or or tired, I should say. But I was thinking about it and it's, it's kind of like, Duster's like a double amnesiac, right? Because it's like he lost his memory (laughs) once and then he like loses it again. And I think that's pretty good foreshadowing um, for, you know, the the, the bigger story as a whole, right? Like Buster loses his memory and then he kind of takes on this role in a band. Uh, He's presumably living like a pretty easygoing, chill life without like knowing any of his past. And then it, it comes down, he has a bigger purpose and that's when he's called upon, and that's when you know his memory is restored, um, and and he joins the battle to to fight the bigger evil. Um, so for him, yeah, it's it, it's like yeah, d- d- double double the the pleasure, right. double the fun. <laughs> right, right, yeah, and I like how leader by being silent at first is kind of like a silent protagonist. Right? He's the one person who does know what's going on. So it's just, yeah, like you said, a really interesting inversion where um, everyone is amnesiac and Duster doubly so. <laughs> right, right. And then there's this one sort of random character who turns out, you know, has known everything all along uh, and is the quote-unquote leader. Um, really clever device for hiding his true identity. <laughs> him leader with a, without this the spelling. I don't know. Anyway, so he says something about ringing the bell... Yeah. Also here, like that was sort of the moment, right, when he was like breaking character, so to speak, um, like revealing the truth. Uh, and though I think it's conspicuous that Flint and Lucas's immediate family are not mentioned particularly or singled out um, or like explained any further. Um, so again, we're left to like wonder, like what's what's the deal with Flint? How much does he actually know? Uh, he's got the Franklin badge, of course, uh, in in a kind of disguised form. Um, and yeah, he seems like pretty powerful and mysterious. But anyway, he's still, he's still missing. He's like the one person who's not in New Park City, as far as we know. Yeah. So, so yeah. we basically, I guess, uh, leader kind of gives us our task. We have to go and defeat Porky. Does he actually say that explicitly? He says that it's up to us to pull the final needle, right? right it's like right, that's right, right. kind of the, the thing we can do um, uniquely. Uh, and if, as long as we are the ones who pull the final needle, er, everything should be fine. Yes. Right, right okay. Yeah, I, don't like, how, the, I, don't, I don't know how I overlooked that or I forgot that, but uh, yes. There's uh, the dragon, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> of course. I, of course. Like, I, I mean, oh, what, what, what propelled the story further? Of course, there's the seventh needle. Um, yes. Unfortunately, on our quest to get the seventh needle, we have to go back the same way that we uh, came through. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say that there was one interesting part of, I don't know if it's like world building per se, but there's another hole in the sewer and it says like, oh yeah, this, this leads to the movie theater. And if you try to enter it, it says it's too small. Um, so I appreciate the fact that they actually have the hole that Boney came through, even though you can't go through it as Lucas. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit of a tease. Um, again, yeah, like there should be a little more here, maybe, but you know, we we can't access it. Uh, but so, as as we're you know going along our way, trying to to get out of the sewer, who pops up? But our but our boy facade, and he's hornier oh than ever. <laughs> sure is. 
Uh, he's miracle facade this time. Yes. He has many horns. He's like all horns, actually. His yes. whole front is like a pipe organ of horns. Yes. Uh, it's, and it's pretty, pretty awesome. I was going to say, it's a really cool character design. <laughs> he, I feel like he isn't as difficult relative to where you're at. Again, I, I mean, I, I stocked up. I had prepared myself because I was thinking like, okay, I'm going to the final dungeon now. Like, I'm going to buy all these cups of life noodles and this and that. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I don't know. I, I didn't die against him, thankfully, because I didn't save in between Leader's Long Story and trying to leave the little dungeon here so i died the first time but that's because I, I did not heal or or do anything i forget if i even saved i might i think i actually had to listen to the story twice because i didn't save uh <laughs> i i did not take the hints that were laid out there you know like the mole cricket um selling goods and, and wares and you know all, all the warning signs were there um i guess that's the one thing about this game that's I I don't know if it's good or bad, but they spring like these difficult boss battles on you without notice. Really do, yeah. <laughs> and I should have suspected it, and it's a hundred percent on me for 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 sucking and, and not like reading the, the the signs on the wall. But yeah, I got yeah. rocked the first time. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Um, uh, the battle has kind of two stages. At the first stage, he can one-shot you with the brilliant or dazzling light, which is not cool. Um, so that happened to one of my characters, but fortunately they had some laser and lipstick in their inventory, so they got back up. Um, and then once you hit him enough times, uh, his his uh, facade you know, breaks, his horns all fall off. Yep. And then he gets really mad, and I guess his offense probably goes up or whatever, but uh, but I don't think he can use that, that dazzling light anymore, so that's good. Yeah. Um, and then you just kind of wear him down. Uh, he's using like very powerful Psy though. He's using like Omega level fire and ice and lightning. Um, so that's kind of scary, but by now you should have a life up Omega and yep. that makes things a lot easier. Yep. I want to say, um, yeah, no, indeed. Tremendously helpful. Uh, one thing we've got to say about leader and what he tells us, it's basically that the last Majipsy is Locria. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yes. And that's yes. the one that has, I guess, betrayed the other Majipsies. Uh, yes. This probably related to facade. Uh, I don't think it's 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 heavily implied. But anyway. Um, but yeah. So we so so yeah. You you go through the first phase of the battle, and then all of his horns gets knocked off. He gets angry. Um, which, to be fair, I'd be angry too if I if I did that much cosmetic <laughs> surgery and that kind of stuff, and then it just gets knocked off by these four people who've just been constantly like gumming up the works and, and foiling my plans. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. So I followed the interpreter after the battle ends facade dramatically sort of like falls back into the sewer water. Um, and then the interpreter goes off and is like, uh, you know, I'm just going to leave now. Please don't follow me. Yeah. Um, and that's when I discovered that hole that you mentioned. Right. Um, leading away which I don't think she could fit through either. So it's really unclear to me what happens to the interpreter. And I really wanted her to be like more of a character. Uh, but no, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like you said, uh, when we get higher in the tower, um, we're going to find the remains, uh, the, the razor and lipstick uh, of the final Majipsy. And there's also like bananas scattered all around. Right. right. So it's heavily implied. Uh, there's even a little mouse there. That's like, 
you know, this this Majipsy was like mean to others, but they they were always nice to me. Um, anyway, yeah. So we 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 kill essentially the traitor Majipsy uh, without really knowing it. Well, that's okay. Um, so so the reason why I was thinking Facade might not be the Majipsy is because Leader says you haven't seen the last Majipsy yet, um, mm. and I guess. How would Leader know if you had seen him, um, per se? Mm. But so, th- so that was the only thing that was giving me pause. And then I, I started looking it up, and I'm like, wait, I, I, I just kind of took it as a fact that uh, Facade and Locria were were one and the same. Um, but then as yeah. I was looking, I was looking up for confirmation. They said, oh no, it's like there's no con- it. It's not confirmed. It's just heavily implied. I'm like, oh okay, all right. So, mm. but yes, yeah, I- no, that's fair. I also I gotta say it's confusing to me because I thought the Majipsies were immortal. Right? Yes. Like they only disappear when the needle they guard is pulled. So I don't see how the razor and lipstick can be there. Well, I, I guess you know in some form the razor and lipstick exist outside the Majipsy. It just happens that all the others left them as mementos, but that this one we can grab and facades, you know, down there. Locrio is down there somewhere embodied until the final needles pull. I, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's a little a little muddled for me. But yeah, so so I'm glad that you brought that up because I was confused too. I'm like, wait, so we killed Facade? I thought he was immortal. Um but maybe it's just you can live an entire life <clears throat> or you know, you're not gonna die of like natural causes. Uh, uh-huh. but you're still like susceptible to being injured and it's just the other Majipsies were just chill and no one ever bothered them. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's that's my headcanon, at least. Um, but yeah, so we get out of the sewer. I forget if there's any... Oh, did you fight the statue? So I tried. I didn't know how to get it to fight me. Um, but uh, I, I took that you could, because there's a guy there who says, basically, it beat some people up. Um, yeah, no, I did not fight it. So the statue, I think it's after... You get out of the sewer. Uh, if you go and talk to it a couple of times, you'll get into a battle. Um, and mm-hmm. it has a ridiculous amount of life, like 99,999 or something like that. Uh, <laughs> but there's an item that you can buy that you can use against him, and it lowers his. It's the New Year's Eve bomb. Oh, cool. And you use it against him, and it brings his HP down to one, and then you can kill it like in one turn. And all you get is... Um, uh, the, the fourth trivia card. So it's not, and, and you know, experience and money. Sure. As an aside, did you, did you use the trivia cards at all during the game? I tried to use them on, um, I feel like the facade battle when I was like about to lose, I was like, all right, let's try this. Um, yeah. It didn't do anything. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, no, basically no. <laughs> They're pretty useless. Uh, so the Porky statue, yes, yeah, so that's like an optional boss. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's probably some other stuff hidden around that I did not find. Um, I, I like that there's so many kind of references, um, with, you know, Porky's mom, uh, in the, in the store there. Um, there's something about, like, the mole crickets trying to go into business with Jackie and, like, working on a deal with him. Like, I don't know. I couldn't actually get that to, to proceed any further, though. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, neither. Uh, 
And I'd never tried the um, New Year's Eve bomb. Uh, but I did stock up on super bombs. Um, basically, like, filled out my inventory at this point uh, to go into new uh, Empire Pork, build, whatever it's called, the, the big building. Yeah, and I think that was probably very good planning because those yeah. would help a lot. Uh, so after the sewer, I guess our goal is to get to the 100. We're, we're trying to meet up with Porky at this point, right? Yeah. And so we go to his tower, um, which has two flaming dragons or two dragons that are blowing flames out, um, just all glitz and glam. You go in there, you try to go to the 100th floor, and you are informed that sadly it's only that the elevator's only going up to the 24th floor at this time. <laughs> but fortunately, uh, DCMC's there, and they're, do, they're performing a show. So yes. you go up there. I kind of forget exactly what happens here. I know uh, you go up there, Duster puts on his wig, he plays again. Um, and then I, so I forget, how, how do we get to the 100th floor? Oh my gosh. Okay, so in the middle of their concert, which is you know not the Porky theme song that they were supposed to play, um, they're playing other things that are you know uplifting and stirring, and it's all fun, and then the power goes out. Yeah. Um, somebody shuts it down, and Porky's voice comes over the intercom, and is like, um, you know, come get me on the hundredth floor. But you know, the elevator might not work the way you expect. Uh, and so, you can go around and you can talk to people. Uh, that pork trooper, the big guy with the horns, is there, uh, but he won't fight you, as far as I could tell. Um, you can uh, ride the elevator up, and it says that you're at the hundredth floor. But uh, you're not. <laughs> yeah. What I found interesting here, so I think um, similar thing happens in a game like Final Fantasy VII, the original anyway. There's like a there's an elevator that goes up the Shinra Tower. Yeah. Um, and it goes up indefinitely. Like you can sit there on the elevator and just let the thing go up, and as long as you're not pushing any buttons, it'll just keep doing that. Um, and similarly here, it's like you're moving the entire time and then you're scrolling through text. And when you finish scrolling through text, then the elevator will stop. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just was like thinking to myself, like, it's so strange. Like, again, this, this problem of like how to represent space in these games, um, and in this case, movement. Um, like, in some literal way, you, you must get to the end of the elevator if you just wait long enough. Um, right, but you, right. But you can't proceed until you finish the conversation with the uh, woman's voice on the intercom saying, 100th floor. Uh, anyway, um, and it's also like a Monitoli building kind of thing. Right? The elevator was a whole thing in, in that game. Uh, yes. Anyway, yeah. So the first time that we think we're at the 100th floor, or, you know, are told we are, it's the uh, hippopotamus um, habitat. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> Which is great. Very, was it, who who was is it Hugo Chavez who had uh, the the hippopotamus like the hippopotamus uh, pets? And, like, I did not know that. That's really great. Uh, I think I think who was like the big? Is it in Colombia? Chavez was Venezuela, and I'm looking up now if he had hippos. Uh, it was Pablo Escobar. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he had like a he had like a couple of hippopotamuses as pets. I, I I just thought of that. I was like, oh, that's that's very interesting. 
Um, yeah, yeah, why are they why are they researching these hippos? It's very weird that this like lab is in this in the New Pork City building. Yeah. But I guess they had to move the Chimera Lab, considering no one lives in Tesmilly anymore. Right. Uh, the hippos also, the best thing about them is that they drop uh, really good armor. Yes. Pretty frequently, actually. So I don't know about you. Back in, back in the drug-induced, um, you know, uh, island adventure portion, um, I got a, a, a fortunate drop of like a weapon for uh, Kumatara mm -hmm. that was like a magic glove. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it's really great. It boosts a bunch of stats other than attack. Um, so I kept that, I've kept that through the whole game ever since. Um, but I haven't really had any other like really cool, you know, rare drops happen. Right. Um, but then the, the hippos dropped like a couple thud charms, which are the ones that like block most status effects and have uh, pretty high defense and stuff. So anyway, um, I thought that was noteworthy. Um, they aren't like particularly difficult. They're super easy to dodge. Also, yes, if you don't want to fight them. You pretty much won't fight other than like one scripted battle that you have to. Right. No, that's a that's a good point. Um, I was trying to say. I think I. Do you find a thud charm anywhere, or is or is the only way to get that from a hippo? There's one. It's in the the digging mini game there's one right there right 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 yeah. okay so that's where i only had i i did not get any lucky drops from uh the hippos um, okay but yeah so we so you have to fight the one hippo and you just kind of go through a bunch of different rooms um until eventually you get to master porky's room correct yep. yeah um my gosh yeah there's there's quite a few stages here there's you like there's the room where he has all his um, girls who fan and tickle him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's his... Um, there's, like a, there's a minotaur there as well, as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude, the centaur. The yeah. centaur. Oh, yes. Oxygen. <laughs> I, I got my animal and uh, uh, human anatomy flip-flopped. You're right. Centaur. <laughs> and he he'll, looks... he'll give you a kiss for old time's sake. Yes. So does that imply yeah. that he was a merman, and then he he was like he's a chimera? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, and he, I mean, he's there for Master Porky's pleasure, right? Um, yeah. It's, no, that's not something I want to think about. <laughs> uh, sorry, but yeah, that's there's no enemies on that floor. <clears throat> just just weird vibes. Yes. Um. There's a floor of entirely bathrooms. Uh, I think that one comes next, uh, where yes. there's some really difficult enemies, actually. Uh, the signs come off and attack you and, and can hit you a star storm. Um, and then there's also <laughs> the red chimera in one of the bathrooms. Yes. Uh, so that, you know, kills you in one hit if you go in there and it, and it eats you. Yeah, well, that's um, that's why I texted you yesterday. Be careful. <laughs> but uh, I was not. I yeah, I got eaten. So did I. My favorite part though is just you enter the room and like these people are just they run out in front of you and go into the bathroom and then lock it behind <laughs> them so you can't even explore. Like I I, I thought that the, as tedious as it was and as stupid as it was, I found it actually quite enjoyable. Um, yes, yes. Uh, I loved that part. Um, yeah. 
and there's a lot of gags with the bathrooms too. There's there's a Japanese style bathroom. There's a very large toilet. Um, there's people in there cleaning toilets who have like wisdom about how nice it is to have a clean toilet. Uh, yeah, it. I mean, they really go with this this gag. Um, and of course, the only way to proceed is by going through doors that are marked as toilets, but actually lead to the next, you know, area. Uh, yes, with it's it's wonderful with the the golden throne that you can sit on <laughs> exactly. and uh, <laughs> Porky. Like, wh- what were those like weird Calvin Hobb stickers that people had, where it was like Calvin was like urinating on something? Yeah. People used to put it yeah. on their truck all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's basically what we have uh, with the the statues um, in this ginormous bathroom uh, for for po- for Pokey, Porky. Sorry. Yes. Um, and I think part of what this does uh, is helpful in that, you know, the way you learn new Psy is by walking around a lot. Uh, so it, it pretty much ensures that you're going to level up quite a bit. Uh, you're going to learn really sort of overpowered Psy attacks and, um, and recovery spells. Uh, there's frogs and hot springs like everywhere, like every floor has one. Um, yeah, so it's, it's not too difficult. It's just, it is tedious. Yeah. And it's, but it's funny. Uh, it's like the whole point is how, you know, that you're not not going to get to the hundredth floor. Um, yeah, for a while. So anyway, I I can't remember. Is the next one, the one that's under construction maybe? Yes. Okay. And I guess this is where you're charging into people. Um, knowing that <laughs> skill uh, assists you because for the first time, well, there's like, so there's a bunch of construction going on um, and a lot of it is wood and also metal, which I guess goes to the kind of the the, the whole mm-hmm. motif of this, right? Like nature and, and industrialization. But you you have to like barrel over a bunch of these construction workers to use them as bridges, which yeah. I think is the, f- I, you know, we use this, rope snake earlier um in other games we used like tessie to ride i I, this is like the first time that like a human body has been used like to to build a bridge right or to help you progress the game um yeah as opposed to you know a a, a boat or something like that you know they're, they're just like piloting like you're actually hurting another human being and putting them in extreme danger and it's, I mean, it's made out to be really hilarious, right? Like yes. Sound effects that go with it. There's like a Rube Goldberg machine thing at one point. Yeah. <laughs> you drop a really heavy thing and it launches a guy off a seesaw and he bonks into a wheelbarrow and rides it down and lands as a bridge. And it's it's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I also thought a lot about like platforming, you know, as sort of like a, a, a game genre like in some ways the most famous game genre with Mario being the classic, you know, example is, and he's, he's a plumber kind of, you know, he's kind of like these construction guys and, and it's structured kind of like a platformer, right? Like with disconnected little areas, you got to, you know, in that kind of game, you would jump between them. Um, but in this game, obviously you can't, you just have to use what's available to you. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there's something about the unfinishedness of this floor that really appealed to me too. It's like, 
in some ways that's this game like this game had an enormously long process of being under construction and not being finished and being disappointing to the fans and and this and that and it's just like you know the, the, it's re- represented in a in a funny way here but i think that's also kind of in the background um yeah i had a lot of thoughts about this this particular floor i enjoyed it quite a bit did you uh were, th- were there any fights or anything like that i know that there was like a couple enemies yeah uh nothing too bad on this floor i think it's the next one where we are in like techno hell basically right. and the enemies are suddenly like quite difficult yes uh, and nasty yes so so yeah we finally yeah we're going up the construction and then we get off at like you said this very i don't know creepy lab um yep that's riddled with a bunch of enemies i did get a lucky drop from one of the uh pig mask people i got an mm. awesome cloak Ooh. which i'm not entirely sure what it did but my defense went like through the roof with it so that was fun nice it's always nice when you get those items right like Earthbound, it was way, way too infrequent. <laughs> yeah. And by the if, if you like wanted to grind it out, like by the time you got one, you most likely were so over leveled that you didn't even need it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's like uh, the the Mecha Lion who was like a mini boss earlier uh, is is here. Yeah, the sort of the final form of the pig masks, these like white robed. Dudes who do a lot of stat bus, uh, what is it called? Um, boosting and buffing. Um, uh, but the hardest things, I think, are actually the robots. Uh, some of them will steal items from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, those are mean. Um, you got to kill them before they steal your good stuff. And, and some will do that uh, dazzling light and, and wipe you on your characters in one hit, um, which essentially can waste you know, one of your razor lipstick mementos. Right. Um, so that's not cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I just found that this was kind of, um, again, like encouraging you to dash into the backs of enemies to get um, first hits, and so they don't gang up on you in groups. Um, and it's not too hard to do that. It, um, like you can disable the, uh, the self-destruct on the robot if you do that um, yeah. by attacking from behind. It's, it's, so it's like, again, like a very simple strategy um, that makes things quite a bit easier here, and you gain a ton of levels... I learned a skill called refresh around this point, which is super useful um, just because of the way that um, Guts works in this game with like the scrolling HP meter. You know, um, if you have, it's essentially like a regen spell. So you, you gain a little HP each time your turn comes up. Um, it's, it's quite helpful and it's, it's relatively cheap compared to some of the other healing spells. Um, that was I'm, nice. I don't know. I'm not sure if I ever got refresh. It's great. Huh. If I did, I didn't realize it. That's that's interesting. I'll have to look into why I didn't get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we go. Eventually, we come across a room with you know the 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 necessary room with all the people and the capsules and like the different liquids um, that are being kidnapped, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And they have some <laughs> animals in there. One of the guys is like upside down, and you can talk to all of these people. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think that there's anything of note. Well, one of them says spankity spankity. Yes. Uh, which is Porky's, Pokey's sort of final words from Earthbound uh, when he like sends you a letter. Um, they're all, yeah, being brainwashed 
and they are pretty creepy. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a thing from all the games, right? Towards the end, you find this room with all the people in pods. Right. Um, and they explicitly make the link between this and the hot springs, right? Um, this is like the nice person hot spring, and you go in and it'll make you into a nice person. And I just thought, again, I'm thinking about like what is this game like doing to the player? The hot springs intentionally make you slow down. They make you refreshed. Um, again, like I just learned this spell called refresh. Anyway, so like this is showing us that there's a really bad version of this. Um, it's it's in the line with like the happy boxes and the fright bots from earlier in the game. I guess um, there's like a there's a bad version of what we're doing <laughs> playing video games, um, and it's not that different um, from a good version. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what the what the message there is is supposed to be, other than, you know, be careful when you're heading in hot springs. Um, right. So, so there's also a frog in one, which I thought. Yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, I wish I um, wish yeah. I had been keeping track of all the frogs so that I could have like a top ten like favorite frogs in the game. Uh, they they all come out in the credits. Uh, yeah, or a lot of them do. So yeah, but there's they're quite quite fun, quite diverse. These frogs, but there's also like a frog in the very next room. <laughs> so it's kind of like, yeah, I thought uh, that was really weird too. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So after we get through all that mess, we have to climb some more stairs, and then it turns out there there's like a game show basically. Um, uh, this was dumb. Yeah. Why do you say that? I, I just didn't, um, I wasn't in the mood for this. I, I was like, okay, I'm like all ready to finish this game. And then there's more, right? There's more of this delay, this, um, and, and the trick to these is, is that you have to just lose by a little bit. Yes. Um, and I kept miscounting how many moles I, I whacked with the whack-a-mole game. I had to play that like four or five times. Yeah, that's awful. Even once I knew the rules. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because it's, it's, it's implied that that's what you need to do. Um, yeah. But I thought, like, I thought it was kind of like a joke. Like, oh, yeah, it needs to be close. So, that, like, he needs to win. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not going to lose on purpose. So, I think the first time I did the mole thing, I got, like, 24. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> and, and the uh, mechanical pork, he gets 10. And it's like, oh, what are you doing? Like, how, how dare you let... Uh, not let uh, Porky win. It's supposed to be close. And you go over, there's like a guy with a cue card that just says like, you need to get hit nine moles to continue. Yes. Yes. But I think that's kind of, you know, your frustration is basically, I think exactly what a toy was trying to um, do with this, right? Like mm -hmm. this is Master Porky's game. Uh, Facade's last words as he was plummeting into the uh, sewage was like, oh yeah, we're all just playing like Master Porky's game right now. Um, yes. So while I do agree it was annoying, um, I do think it's got, it, it was effective in, in what it was like being set out to do, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I just wish I was better at counting. Uh, Nine is tough. To oh my gosh. Could have had Willie. Uh, okay. He can't count that high. Oh, well, whoops. He does one, two, three, ten. That's how he counts to ten. 
uh, what? So there's the moles, whack-a-mole game. Yes. Uh, there's a very uh, dramatic race over some, uh, you know, like little cardboard uh, fish and and sharks that pop out. Um, <laughs> that one I did on the first try, I think. And then the final one is the balloons, balloon yep. popping. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so these like you know Mario Party style games, uh, but like stripped down to an inane degree, and and you just have to sort of learn Pokey's pattern well enough to um, satisfy the show for slash host game show host. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then there's the museum. Uh, a couple of different versions of this, right? There's they sort of correspond to the previous two games. Well, did we um, did we beat the big pig yet? Oh, do we have to do that first? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that guy. What is he called? Like the natural born killer? The natural killer cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this like uh, giant pig with like a brain uh, yep. that's exposed. I I did not die to him um, or yeah. her. I, I beat it on the first try. It was tough though. Yeah, I mean it's pretty powerful. Um, has it felt like it had a lot of HP? Like yeah. it took a long time to just kind of grind it down. Uh, yeah, and again, I was sort of I was still kind of like saving up all my bombs, so I wasn't going full force on this one. Uh, yeah, I, I totally forgot about that. Um, it's uh, it's the it's like the throne room that plays the music of. Um, Queen Mary from Mother. Um, and it's just like a very long red carpet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's the first uh, version of this. Um, and again, I think at this point I learned a psi skill called um, Ground with Kumantara, and it's like a uh, like a weird, unique um, earthquake style. Bell. I never used it, um, but apparently it will like go through any shields you know that the enemy might have. That's uh, that's fast. Okay, so you I'm, I'm looking at the PSI chart. Okay. And so PK ground is level six. I guess I never got to level sixty. Okay. But I did. Uh, two to three. Uh, I'm just reading the description. 2 to 13% max HP damage to 5 enemies. PSC shields and counters can't block. 8% trip rate. Huh, sounds like a really, really, really good uh, PSI to have. Yeah. I, get, I mean, if you're okay spending like 40 PP on one attack. Uh, but yeah, that might be might be in order once in a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just... so. I'm I'm curious, I guess, how Porky knows about this room or this music or this, you know, knows to do this memory. Because um, Porky is not in the original Mother game. Right. Um, so I found that a little weird. Uh, the next room is, is more kind of on on theme where it's, it's all this, like, stuff from Earthbound. Um, vehicles, mainly. Yes. Yes. Uh, and you're you're like riding a boat that has Ness's house on the back. Uh, it's like, I didn't even realize a, that that was Ness's house. I think that's what it's supposed to be. I, I mean, it's like playing the music, um, 
uh, yeah, from from Earthbound. Uh, huh. Interesting. It, it it could be Porky's house, I guess. I'm not sure. I can't like picture exactly the difference, but no, I think I'm I'm looking at it right now. No, that's a good catch by you. It looks exactly oh. like uh, Ness's house. Without the uh, uh, well, maybe not exactly. Hold on. Is that Ness's? No, it does look exactly like Ness's house. So yes, that is Ness's house. <laughs> it's, uh, and yeah, it's it's playing like the um, you know uh, the Pollyanna song from that game, uh, and it's just again sort of um, it, it humanizes Porky. Possibly, maybe I don't know. I'm not sure quite what to take from this, but it's a lot like his room, you know, back in the Thunder Tower, with all this kind of stuff, like kitschy memorabilia from Earthbound. Um, yeah, yeah. And Dungeon Man is there. I like Dungeon Man making appearance here. Yeah, I have to. How how big is this place if Dungeon Man can fit in there? <laughs> yeah, the the helicopter, the bus, Dungeon Man. Yeah the, yeah, the the trip down memory lane was very interesting, and I appreciated it. I, it was fan service, but I thought it was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and and it's cool. I think it's especially cool when it's like it goes from the face distorter shaped like Mister Saturn to the the devil's machine, like the spider like. Yeah, you know, it's like oh wait, that's also a thing. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So, um, and then, like, the, you know, the bike. And, and I think the final one is the two sesame seeds. Yes, yes, I forgot about that. But, yeah, it's the two, it's the black and white sesame oh, seed. Oh, I, love, I love that that's also making the cut here. Yeah, the, the fan service in New Pork City is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on, like, how Porky knows about the original mother, though? Um, well, you mentioned that just well, you mentioned earlier that maybe he merged with Gygus. I don't know. True. So I don't know if there was any kind of memory transfer there. Um, if this is just an oversight and they didn't think about it, it was unintentional. Like, you know, maybe we're reading in too much into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess Porky at this point in time seems to be uh, like an immortal. Yeah, I don't, I don't, no, who can time travel, um, go to different dimensions. So maybe he came across it there, or there was a diary. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, I kind of forgot about the Gigas thing. Um, that uh, much of that would really yeah. explain how they would know the Magic Camp music. Yeah. Right. Right. Could just be a the, coincidence. The, the, the continuity, right, or like the sort of connection between these games remains a little obscure to me um i gotta say uh but time traveled will will do that i guess uh kind of makes just about anything possible yeah it's a get out of jail free um, card for any kind of like plot inconsistencies it is, it is. And, and honestly i'm not that interested in, i'm not that like invested in knowing like this is the right answer to this question um i know some people are more so, uh, but I, I do kind of want to be able to like defend a interpretation of this, um, but I, I don't know that I can. <laughs> I just, anyways. So like, yeah. Uh, there's all this stuff from both games. Um, 
now we are sort of in the home stretch though uh and i'm i'm a little i'm blanking a little bit on how this final little bit of this room happens is this like the scary room with the giant window yes. is that next yes okay so right so that's when we go in there and we talk to porky and he asks if you want to be our our, our friend mm-hmm. um I forget if I said yes. I think I said yes, and I was like, eh, it doesn't matter anyway. I'm I'm still going to, mm-hmm. like, fight you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you pressed no, if anything would be different. Um, so I I got killed by the Porky bots, and so the first time I had said yes, and the second time I tried no, seeing if I wouldn't have to fight him. <laughs> but it didn't make it. Yeah, he says something slightly different, but it's like, the upshot is, like, I'm gonna destroy you now and this actually made me think a lot of near automata weirdly hmm. um because there's all these sort of humanoid robots that are existing basically just to um self-destruct right and 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 you know they're assassin robots uh anyways um it's carnage this battle uh yes god <laughs> if you if you're not if you don't know what you're doing uh it can get yep. really, really tough very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So the thing about this is that each of the little porky bots uh, will self-destruct when you deal enough damage to it. Um, they, they don't really have that much in the way of attacks. Like a lot of their turns, they'll just waste um, playing dead or whatever. But they, they can attack you enough that like once they blow up, um, and if more than one of them blows up in a turn, like you, you're, you're going to be in a world of hurt there. Um, and then more keep coming. Right. They, uh, the battle just goes on and on and on. Yeah. So it starts uh, off with only three can be on the screen at, at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I think you have to, you end up having to defeat seven of them, um, mm-hmm. before we get more fan service of, uh, DCMC coming and, <laughs> Shutting the robots off, uh, a la the Runaway Five um, and the clumsy yes. robot. I mean, they hit with smash attacks. They 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 do attack them, um, and for some reason, these robots don't blow up when the when the DCMC do their their attacks, their smash attacks. Um, but yeah, it's very much along those lines. And then more people keep showing up, right? So it's like a it turns the tables. Um, instead of like chimeras. And Porkybot's randomly joining the battle. Now it's a bunch of characters. Um, Alec is there, and Wes is there. Is Flint there too, I think? Yes. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so they all are sort of like coming to the, the cavalry coming coming in. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you finally have become a leader that people are following. Yeah. But... Yeah. Which is a, a lot like the prayer thing at the end of the second game. Uh kind of along those lines, kind of reaching for that effect. Uh, but, 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 you know, classic villain moment here. Uh, Porky with, like, more ominous, you know, sort of threats and things. He, uh, he like, triggers the elevator to go down. Um, and it's like a, a long um, descent that, that happens here. Um... Yeah, I mean, I kind of expected more sort of like mini bosses at this point. Normally, you know, in RPG games like this, when you're on a long elevator, you'll get attacked by waves of enemies. Uh, but no, we just sort of like watch our characters fall for a really long time. 
Yeah. <laughs> and we end up in, in a cavern, um, which ultimately that's this is where the final needle is. Um, yes. So you have to traverse through that. Um, you come across Flint. He's already down there. And mm -hmm. he basically tells you like that you need to go and pull the final needle. Um, one thing I thought was was really funny uh, were the so there's two different enemies that or two two different enemy sprites and one of them is the uh, octahedron, mm -hmm. like the diamond kind of shaped thing that that I, I believe that was like Starmen supers and stuff like that in Earthbound, and then there's also this yeah. like kind of electric looking whatever. Um, sprite uh, yeah, that I yeah. think were like certain robots in the other game. But when you actually get into the battle, like it's literally like a diamond and like a little electric shock. So the sprites oh, actually funny. actually matched like what the enemy looks like. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, and these guys are, they're, they're kind of a joke. And yes. Again, this is like free experience if you need to farm. Um, I don't know that you can go back up and buy stuff at this point. That That's kind of the one thing uh, but you could level to the point where you wouldn't need to um, if you really were stuck. Uh, yeah. yeah, And it's a, it's a decent sized like, area. You've got to run around a lot. It's very dark and there's blue and red lightning and, uh, and there's like funny weird gunk on the floor that like, makes a funny noise when you run over. <laughs> uh, it's a cool, cool little bit of final dungeon here. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's appropriate for um the circumstances right it it has a very ominous feel it it feels a lot like i forget what the name of it is but basically the final dungeon and uh it it feels even scarier than like the final dungeon um of earthbound in my opinion yeah yeah no totally agree uh, the, just something about the the darkness yeah um yeah and and it does a good job of like building up you know this is the final needle um, and Porky is sort of like still holding back to this point. We, we've not really seen his true power. Um, we still need to figure out what's going to happen with uh, the Masked Man, too, right? Like, that's also been kind of withheld for a while now. Um, so at a certain point, you meet Flint. You see his hat, like, blow away in the wind. Right. And and he's kneeling there, and he's like he he refuses any help, and he's like go on without me. And I think when you first get down, you can again there's like a a choice point which may not make a difference, but you can say yeah go ahead, or no, um, like you don't go ahead of us. I'm not sure what happens if you say no. Um, me neither. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, so he's there. He's he's like wounded. But this is the point where if you talk to him enough times. He'll say something about his um, baldness. Really, you have to talk to him a lot. Yeah, yeah. This is this is one thing that I did see in an interview with Itoy, um, which is like a minor spoiler. Uh, along with that doorknob, the doorknob appears here as well. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. And so that the doorknob literally does nothing, right? <laughs> I don't think it does anything. Yeah, uh, it just keeps popping up. Um, so there's the doorknob, and and there's this little bit of dialogue you'll get where Flint will say, like, I can see that you're staring at my bald spot. Um, yeah, I'm bald as a bean. Uh, what? Saying bald as a bean is like a weird way to say it. 
whatever. Like, it's, it's basically the gist of what he says. So it's like this one little weird funny He's... thing that's thrown in there. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I completely missed that. That's really funny. <laughs> um, but so that's like pretty much it. Like, uh, I think there's a, a final weapon. A real for, bat. Uh, yeah. Which, you Spider. know, a lot of the items that were being sold in New Pork City were fake items, right? Right. Right. Um, so I think that's the contrast against this. And it wasn't until getting the real bet that I realized that all the weapons that we had been getting from like Tazmilli uh, were sticks, right? It was right. items that a non a town that had to start civilization over. Like, why would they have a bat? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, uh, there's also a weapon for Boney. That you can find up in that final bit of lab area. Oh, yeah, that's right. The one weapon that Boney can equip uh, is called the canine weapon, and it's like a bone <laughs> he can hold in his teeth. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we come to the final, you know, plateau or whatever, uh, and, and Porky says, like, okay, like, it's time to actually fight you. Uh, and he looks really old. Uh, he's like all gray and sort of washed out, um, almost like on a deathbed kind of looking thing. Yes, um, it's it's quite scary. It's quite uh, yeah, it, and it's a really hard battle. Like he uses Gigas's attacks, which are like incomprehensible, right? It's like, what did Porky do? And then like you take a bunch of damage. Yeah. Um, there's really no way to like. Guard. You just you can you can boost offense, boost defense, uh, just do a lot of healing, and yeah, I I threw all my my super bombs at him at this point, so that that sped things up a bit. Uh, yeah, he's he's he was not the most difficult boss. I don't know if that's just because I got better at the game as it went on, um, mm-hmm. or if I just happened to pick the right strategy or something like that. But yeah, he wasn't he wasn't overly difficult. Um, but I guess I, I shouldn't say beat him because I guess technically we didn't beat him, right? No, it's impossible. Because uh, uh, at a certain gosh. point, he basically jumps into the absolutely safe capsule. <laughs> and you, you get to fight it for like two more turns. You do like zero damage to it. And then it's like, well, this is a stalemate. Uh, I guess this is over. Yeah. Uh... And he's like sticking his tongue out at you from in there. You can like see him, but can't hear him anymore. Right. Um. And he, um, Doctor And Donuts comes in at this point and and starts rolling him around, uh, like showing yeah. you that you know it's it's perfectly fine. Like it's safe not only for the person in there but for everyone else. Like like you said, yeah, stalemate uh, basically. And and this has an interesting effect, I think, in terms of basically saying, like, the series is over at this point. Um, this character is is not killed, not but not, in, not in play anymore. You know, they're, they're, they're gone um, from the board, so to speak. Um, yeah, well, I think it's also interesting to show that there's more than one way to, like, win, right? You don't have to win to win. Uh, they, they can be put into this this capsule where you can't fight them anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So 
so I guess vi- you know, I, I maybe this is a stretch. I was gonna say like violence isn't always the answer. Well, totally, and that is brought home much more so in the next battle. Oh uh, yes, the final battle. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, af- yeah. So after you know the absolutely safe capsule and Porky, uh, you get one more chance to kind of save your game, go into a hot spring. Uh, the frog is generous enough there to say, "Hey, this is the last save frog of the game." Um, so if you have any items, well, it's already too late because you, you go to the needle and uh, the masked man shows up, strikes his thunderbolt, and you start a battle with him. Um, and then that's when you realize that you can't attack or use any damaging items, and everyone else in your party is dead from the lightning. Or unconscious, I should say. Yeah, and so I tried a few times within this battle to revive the others. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that That's not a good idea. <laughs> I assume that this get wrecked. If you do, yeah, he immediately uses the intense bolt of lightning again. And, and so that's the one way you can damage him. Um, so I was thinking like, oh, is this like some kind of strategy that you have to, you know, hurt him with his own lightning? Because it'll bounce off of... Uh, Lucas, uh, and it'll it'll instantly kill the others, and and effects uh, like the mementos just don't work anymore. Like they just die; um, they don't get revived by the mementos. So so really, going into the battle, what you should do is give Lucas any remaining mementos you have, and any you know uh, PP uh, restoring items, and any healing. Like just give him all the good items you have at this point, because um, the others are yeah. completely out of the battle. Yeah, you don't even need uh, your bat. That's right. If you wanted to, you can get rid of your bat for for more items. Um, But, yeah, so you can't attack. You can't use any damaging items or anything like that. You kind of just have to sit there and take a beating. Which wasn't actually that difficult. Um, I don't know. Did you realize that if you guard uh, when you get attacked, Mm -hmm. your, your health scrolls at a much slower pace? That's that's cool. Yeah, I saw that that was starting to happen. I didn't realize it was because I was guarding. Yeah, um, but that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it it goes very slowly. <laughs> right. So it's it, as long as you have PP or or healing items like you and obviously the mementos, um, it should be a pretty easy you know fight. Um, mm-hmm. I guess this is. I wonder if this is where who's the guy who did Undertale? Uh, Toby Fox. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this is kind of reminiscent of of a pacifist run exactly and that's where i started to wonder if there were multiple endings to this game um because it really does seem like there's there's opportunities for that like structured into the story the way it's told um or you could imagine that if you again um if they had actually gone through with the kindness stat and whatever that was supposed to do originally like potentially you would have um what essentially becomes uh, in Undertale and other other games along those lines, like a an option to to win battles without fighting, right, and right. Um, and get through the whole game that way potentially. So yeah, yeah, totally uh, thinking along those lines here too. But so as as you're taking the beating, um, your mom, the, your mom's voice starts coming out uh, mm-hmm. and pleading for Klaus to stop fighting and, and doing anything. Um, he doesn't listen, of course. Uh, eventually Flint joins the fight. He jumps in front of one of the PSI attacks. Uh, yeah. and he's like, kind of like down for the count. Um, 
And then, yeah, the, the slowly as the battle goes on, eventually your mother's voice does get get through to him, um, and he takes off his mask, I believe. Yes. Um, and again, you just sit there. You you don't attack. You just keep on healing, and and eventually the fight's over, and uh, you know you win. Yeah, at a certain point, the other party members stop being there. And, and maybe when Flint jumps in, I don't know. So yeah, there's a bunch of stages to this. And again, at 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 every stage, I was like, okay, so maybe now I can revive my party members. Right. <laughs> it's just like, I, w- I w- did not get the message. Um, but eventually, they're just like not showing up at the bottom of the screen anymore. So the, you, you can't waste PP doing that. Um, oh, okay, so, so it's basically yeah. like the ruby weapon from Final Fantasy VII, or just, you know, yeah. kicks out some of your party members. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot like that, and it's interesting that Flint is so determined to like um, take damage here. I think this shows that Flint has really grown, uh, you know, as a character because he does ha- he you know he's at that very violent scene at the start when he's really upset. Um, he seems to have gained some wisdom here. He doesn't fight back. Um, he just, you know protects uh and it seems like um whatever's going on with the mother uh seems pretty important here um as like a final word you know pope porky his version of immortality up against whatever it is that's going on with um people who sacrifice themselves right like uh the mother still has some sort of presence um even if just as a voice. Uh, and Porky calls uh, Klaus his son at one point. He says, like, he's he's mine now. He he has no will of his own, basically. Um, but this sort of proves that that's not the case, which is really a hopeful message, I think. Because um, it's, it's pretty convincing that he's, like, totally dead uh, for a little while there. Um, but he, he sort of regains his personality long enough to say goodbye and say that he hopes he'll see you again you know in that place where mother is gone and it's uh it's pretty sad um and then you have the option of pulling the needle or not again like there's there's a lot of options here where you could see that potentially doing something different um but of course i said yeah i'll pull the needle yeah yeah uh the whole battle um and I guess Klaus's whole character arc reminded me a lot of Darth Vader. Oh yeah. Like, that that has to be a very heavy influence, right? For sure. If not just like a straight up <laughs> being stolen. Um uh but yeah, I pulled the needle as well. I I th- I doubt that you can go back. I, I think this is another one of those like illusory choices where it's like you really only have mm-hmm. one choice to make. Um but yeah, you 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 pull the needle and then what? The the gas just starts rising, and I think that's when we cut the credits, right? Yeah, it shows, like, scenes of, you know, worldwide catastrophe. Um, everything kind of dissolving and cracking and breaking up. Oh, uh, that's right. And you can see, like, the dark form of this enormous thing kind of rising up, and there's uh, there's water spouts, and there's fire and lava and meteors and everything. It's, it's wild. Um but yeah, then it's like totally dark and says end. And then 
you can move the end around. Yes. <laughs> but, but it's actually, it's almost more like you're moving the screen around because it sort of goes the opposite way of which, which way you point. Huh. You know, so by pointing up, the end goes down. You can, per, you can perceive that as like, you know, inverted controls or as like you're moving the actual camera. Interesting. Up. And yeah, so anyway, as you move it around, uh, people's voices start coming in uh, in the form of text. And they start saying stuff like, uh, you know, oh, you're still here. Uh, oh, you're, you're the player. Like your player's name comes in at this point. Um, and they say, oh, it's nice to meet you finally. Um, Rape snake. And it talks a bit about. What's that? I was going to say the snake rope is there. <laughs> of course, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it sort of talks a bit about like i i mean it it makes the message even clearer i guess in that it's like you know so oh you know our world uh is is basically changed um but we'll we'll be able to do this again like anytime you want to see us just you know start a new game um but your world like how's how's it doing you know it sort of throws this responsibility back onto the player um, to do something about uh, technology slash um, climate, sl- you know, fill in the blank, I guess. Um, but just be a better citizen of the earth. Essentially, yeah. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, and then and then the credits will roll. If you if you do that long enough, um, the dark screen goes away, and you see stuff. You know, you see all the characters do their credits um, and then the staff credits at the end. Yeah. And then at the very end, I think you get a, like a clip of your mother releasing a bird. I want to say. Yeah. I think it sort of shows like snapshots from throughout the game. And, and that is the final. Yeah. I think that's the final one. And then, uh, and then the the mother logo comes up again, and this time it's made completely out of wood. Yeah, yeah, it's playing a nice, gentle song that sort of goes on and on and on. Um, but if you watch that long enough, the screen uh, fades out, uh, and it brings you back to the the home screen, like the the start screen. Um, so you can just, you know, reset the story basically. Um, or see all that again if you want. Like, so it's it. I think it would reward replaying. Um, I definitely got more out of it this time, <laughs> playing it more, uh, more sort of intentionally and consciously um, than the first time around. What what did you think overall? Since this was your first time playing it, um, I think it it was it was hard to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of the stuff didn't make sense, but about around chapter six, that's when like things really picked up, um, and, and I really started to enjoy it, and I really wanted to to play it to actually like see what the story was, as opposed to oh, we're having a discussion about it. Like I should, I need to play it just because like I I have an obligation to do so. Um, <laughs> but I think it would be interesting to go back and play through now, knowing everything that I know about the origins of the Tasmili village. And because I I mean, I'm sure if we go back and listen to the tape, there's a lot of stuff that we were like a lot of questions that were being asked 
And it's like, this doesn't make sense. Like, why, why are they acting this way? Like, but mm-hmm. looking back, it makes perfect sense. Um, it, it, given, you know, what, what happened. So um, I actually think I am going to play through it again just to see what kind of stuff I missed. Um, Interesting. Uh, and I think I'll, I'll probably record that in case we ever wanted to like do a video on that. Um, cool. But yeah, so I, I think overall, yeah, I think I, I enjoyed the game a lot. Yeah, I, 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 I like the fact that there were some things that were, I, I don't know. It was, uh, there was, I guess, like just the right amount of fan service. It was different enough from Earthbound. I mean, you couldn't do another game that was like like Earthbound because you already had Earthbound Beginnings and Earthbound. Right. So <laughs> you kind of had to do like a new one. And I think this, it ended up working in the end. Like it was a slow burn, but the payoff was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that going into this game expecting a true sequel to Earthbound, whatever that would be, um, is just not really the the right spirit. Um, but instead, expecting something that is kind of a reimagining of a lot of those elements that make Earthbound really fun. Um, right. And then I think yeah, then then you're kind of in a better place to appreciate. It. I I get the sense that a lot of people have not played this game, uh, <laughs> even people who have played Earthbound and, and liked it. Um, and I know for my myself. When I first played it, I was distinctly like unimpressed. Um, I kind of just got through it as quick as possible um, and, and didn't give it too much thought. Whereas with Earthbound, like I really enjoy going back and replaying that and thinking about it, you know, indefinitely. Yeah. <laughs> but I this w- game definitely grows on you. Uh, yeah. As, as you go along with it. Yeah. I think uh, I was watching or, or reading an article from a, a toy and I, do you think it's interesting that he tried to do an RPG in one location that changed over time as opposed to um, an RPG with a, a, an expansive you know, world to explore? Yeah. So I guess you know, that was his intent. I think, I think what he was... I think he, he did a good job doing what he was trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, and given all the obstacles or <laughs> and delays and things surrounding this game, uh, it's pretty miraculous that it finally did come out at all. Uh, obviously not in an official release outside Japan, but also with good enough fan translation that Nintendo has essentially like, you know, turned a blind eye to the fact that it's out there. Um, they haven't tried to shut down or prosecute <laughs> the way they do with some things. Um, which is cool. Uh, good for them. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I was I was thinking about this, and this is probably a stretch, but I'm thinking, and, and something that you said earlier in our conversation kind of resonated with me, right? Um, everyone in Tasmili has you know their own stories that have been kind of written, and, and they're living out those stories, and then we have Porky come in. Um, and start trying to like shove earthbound stuff kind of like down our throats and interfering with yes. it and blow. So to me, I almost like wonder if if Porky is, is like Nintendo itself, right? 
right? Like it starts meddling. Uh, you have Earthbound beginnings with it, with just like Nintendo, and he has his own adventure. And then it's like then you know in the second one, Earthbound kind of uh, is there. Porky's there. Um, kind of like pushing him, pushing the game along. I don't know. For some reason, in my head, I was like, I've, I have valid arguments for Porky kind of representing Nintendo. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of working alongside, and they're kind of like the greedy corporation and doing all this stuff. So, um, I don't know. That's something I'm going to maybe try to like look into and flesh out a little bit more um, my next playthrough. But, um, yeah, no, it was it was a good game. I'm gonna, I my buddy hasn't played it yet, and I'm gonna recommend it to him. So, cool. Yeah, I mean, the more people who can experience it, the better. I would say, uh, it is super interesting to think about the circumstances surrounding it. Yeah, including Nintendo's relationship to Toy and his company, and and the other developers that are involved, um, the HAL Laboratories. Yeah. Um, and the fans, right? I mean, the you can't really talk about Earthbound and the series uh, outside of the uh, fan, like the rabid <laughs> fan base um, that that uh, hammer for you know decades to to have this game released. Yeah, uh, and they just haven't they haven't gone. So yeah, I I think that there's something weird about the platform it's on as well you know being a handheld game i think that's also significant um especially when you mentioned like ninten and ness their names coming from the platforms that those games are on uh and and this this game doesn't have the same naming um conceit or whatever right it's it's got a different thing going on with the twins mm-hmm. um so it kind of breaks with that um but the fact that it's on a mobile platform um, definitely does something to the experience as well, right? It, it's just a different kind of thing when you're out in the world playing a game versus, like, in your house playing a game. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'd have to think about that some more. Um, but it, it kind of goes along the same lines, uh, thinking about how Toy and Nintendo are in this working relationship, but maybe not an especially happy one. Um, and then the the hardware that the game ends up being on is not the originally wanted it to be on a home console, and instead it ends up going on a, a handheld. So yeah, apparently he was he really wanted to make it like a cinematic uh, type story, and that's difficult to do um, in, on the GBA, obviously. Uh, but I yep. will say, like, I feel like I commented about that many times. Like, yeah, this seems a lot more cinematic than uh, Earthbound with all the like the borders kind of. Mm-hmm. Always like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, changing the aspect ratio or not the aspect, but just you know the borders and stuff like that. Um, wonder what happened to salsa. Right. Yeah. So there's. I think this is cool that we can now, without fear of spoilers, go out and look at some of those interviews because Itoy has talked about this game very candidly, um, and actually Miyamoto and I think um, maybe Iwata can't remember the other person in this big interview but anyway there's there's a few interviews out there with some major players um around you know how this game came to be um and those have been translated and and whatnot so i think it'd be cool to to go and read some of those yeah for you to 
play it again, knowing all that you know now. Yeah. Um, and, and get another friend to play it uh, for the first time. And yeah, yeah. So the, the game totally lives on. Um, yeah, so. I think, I, th I think, you know, obviously we're done playing the game. Maybe in a little while, what we'll do, like, kind of like a post mortem or something about this. And, and like, sure. you, know, you know, we can kind of like look into it, kind of let our let our thoughts kind of simmer and then come back and just see if there's anything else that's worth discussing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, you should check out um, that video about the uh, demo that was at Space World. Yeah, I know. Um, I still need to do good that. Good place to start. That yep. same guy has made a bunch of like, you know, these iceberg style videos. Um, I have not watched those again, cause I didn't want spoilers. And also cause I kind of don't care about that stuff, honestly, but, but I probably will um, at least listen to some of, some of that stuff and, and go and read up on it. Um, cause I am curious about what people make of this series, you know, as a, as a trilogy. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I want to see what other people are saying and see if, there's like something I haven't seen that other people, if there's anything that I'm thinking that other people haven't said already. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. All right. Well, Ooh. I guess, I guess that does it. Uh, mother three complete. Woo. Can't Yay. wait. I guess, I guess uh, we'll probably take like a break. Summer's coming up for you. Uh, we'll have to pick yeah. whatever our next game is going to be. I know. Exciting. We failed so hard at playing those Western computer RPGs. I feel bad. I feel like Ben is like, these guys are such, uh, such punks. Um, but we gotta, we gotta find a way to get Ben back in this, uh, conversation somehow too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we all want to play. Yeah. Well, until next time, uh, you know, see ya. All right. Take care. Okay, Scott.